Hi everyone uh, welcome to another episode of my podcast we have a very special guest today all the way from uh, Colombo Sri Lanka we have Shobhi Pereira hi Shobhi hi Chandna so nice to connect with you and nice to have this chat with you yeah so how are you doing thankfully i'm doing okay and i'm keeping myself busy because things have almost got back to normal in Colombo so we are lucky in that sense that you know things are getting back to normal really fast and i'm uh, back to performing seven nights a week basically so that right. just picked up and i had a nice six month break like most of us most <laughs> of us around the world did and now getting back to the work yeah good yeah so the live music scene is uh, getting uh, you know normalized again it is uh, as in the hotel industry is trying to get things going so they are sort of you know uh, getting a lot of live bands back and that kind of thing mm. but the corporate uh, work and the you know the public stuff may take a little while to get back to normal but the hotels are trying to get the ball rolling again right so so shobhi so uh, i remember you uh, you were playing with shohan and the experiment before i've seen you uh, yes with shohan and the experiment but yes. i really got to know your name uh, from stigmata because you recorded the stigmata you produced the album of stigmata right <laughs> yes i produced their first uh, initial four albums are done by me right and at that time it was like uh, it was really uh, a stepping stone for rock music in sri lanka you know what stigmata did was breaking away from the uh, norm and uh, also doing original english music even it was and in a different genre you know? right that people are not accepting at that more at that time but then they got a huge following because the first album was such a big hit yes yes Especially yeah they, song, andura andura was a big hit yeah they told me about the stories uh, you know you even dropping them at home after the recording <laughs> <laughs> when they first came there they were in, in uniform after school and you know that kind of so they they used to call me um, uh, initially they called me uncle shobhi right. then they Hey, Mr. Shobi, they started calling me Shobi. Now they are, we are all majangs. <laughs> so we have all evolved in that sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are a lovely set of guys, all of them. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. Everybody um, who's been and throughout have been very good, and especially Kenny, um, Suresh, and Andrew are like a part of the core band, and they have been very close to me right throughout here. Right. <clears throat> So, Shobhi, tell me a little bit about your childhood. Where did you studied? Actually, I studied initially at uh, Saint Sebastian's College, Moratua. Right. And then uh, Saint, uh, Saint Peter's College, Bambalapitiya. And then right. I moved to Africa. Um, so basically, my uh, second education was done mainly in Africa, in Zambia. Wow. Right. Yeah. So I was there for about uh, six years or so. I came back and I finished my studies at Gateway, which was just starting out at the time. Now Gateway is a huge organization in Sri Lanka, one of the leading educational institutions. Right. So that's that's as far as my education goes. I didn't pay much attention to it clearly, <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, I made a good career choice and uh, I'm doing what I like, and it's worked out for me. Yeah. Right. 
So, yes. so the music was. Uh, did you study music at school, or how? How does the music? Uh, no, no. Music uh, has always been part of our family in the sense that I have uncles and uh, family members who have been professional musicians. So, music was always part of our gatherings and families and uh, that kind of thing. So, I took a liking to music simply by listening to uh, listening to good music and you know picking up on the bass. By listening to actually listening to surprising as it may seem to Abba and Bonian, right? If you listen to their songs, the bass lines are so critical in those and so beautiful. So that's where I initially started liking to play the bass. I used to get my box kit out and you know try to play the bass lines kind of thing. Right. I love the bass. Yeah. So that's how. Uh, and we've always had music at home. See, my brother, uh, brother. Plays very good piano. Then my second brother used to play a bit of drums. Then we all sing, and then I started playing. I actually started playing uh, acoustic guitar, as in, you know, just box guitar. Right. Then I moved on to bass. So my brother was a big influence in uh, um, getting me involved in music, as in when he would play the piano, I would sit at a set of drums which I had made at home, or take the the box guitar and try to play along with him, kind of thing. So that's that's exactly my start start of initial start in uh, you know start in my music. So, uh, so other than the like family event, what was your like first performance? Do you remember? Yes, my first performance was with a uh, you know basically very very novice you know uh, young set of musicians, and we did a charity event at um, at uh, the girl guides. Headquarters Hall in right. Colombo. That's right next to the Lionel event. Right. And um, we played about two hours, I think, of probably horrible music. But <laughs> <laughs> that was my first gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 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 what was like your first band that you played for? Like, was it your like with your brother or what? No, no, no. Initially, uh, I I was playing for sort of a more or less, uh, you know. Old time rock kind of music band, right. which was good, but we were playing, you know, like Deep Purple and that kind of thing, you know, Eric Clapton mm. and that sort of thing. So I, I don't even remember the name of the band, but I think we were, we were, the Rebels or something like that. <laughs> now there's another good band called the Rebels. Right. But, and we had different names, but I think that was the name at the time. And we used to play down south, in uh, at the Tangerine and places like that. Mm. And the foreigners actually used to like that kind of music, that very rockish kind of thing. Right. And the, some of the musicians who played with me at the time are now uh, doing very good music, and they are professionals too. Others, of course, moved on to different uh, career choices. Right. So uh, before you like joined Sohan the Experiment, you played few more bands also, right? I was yeah initially I was uh, actually I have not switched many bands though I had uh, many opportunities I mm. generally like to stick to a steady lineup so I was with this uh, set of musicians who were playing rock music right which was just basically at uh, the hotels down south mainly and then I got a break with a band in Colombo they were playing at the Oberoi Supper Club a band by the name of Somerset right. Okay, that's a quite a popular band at the time. I think they still play on and off. 
and there I started playing three nights a week at the Oberoi and doing many weddings and that kind of thing and a few dances and stuff. That's where I got into real uh, commercial music there. I started making money. And then I got this chance to uh, opportunity with uh, the experiments. And then I was with them for 21 years. Wow. During which time I got so many offers, including to travel to Europe, but I never left the band because I started, uh, I'm a recording engineer as well as you may probably know. Yeah, right. of course I did, Stigmata, stuff like that. So I started my recording career with uh, Raj Seneviratna, one of the right. pioneers in Sri Lanka, and I'm, he's a maestro and a perfectionist. So I got my basics right in that sense, where I would pay attention to all the details. So um, while I was playing with the experiments, I was still working with Raj as well, mm. doing commercials mainly, producing uh, audio for advertising commercials. So I learned all the loopholes in recording and composing and, you know, lots of things from Raj, who is, a, who is an amazing yeah. master. <laughs> and uh, at, at some point I had to give up the regular job, day job with Raj because the experiments were like traveling a lot and you were touring quite a bit. Right. Then I set up a studio with Sohan at uh, his premises and we had a very good run there. We produced, I, mean, I used to do like so many commercials every month, you know, every week. Uh, some of the notable ones which are still uh, sort of um, being broadcast would be, the, I mean, obviously the dialogue signature tune, which is something I created. So that's, that's like a signature in, in Sri Lanka. Uh, right. That's one of the biggest I created uh, during my career. And I've done a couple of corporate songs for... Um, international clients like Emirates, Airlines, and uh, I used to do online uh, productions for uh, a production house in the UK, where they would send me uh, videos, 20 second, 30 second videos, and I would compose music to match that and mail it to them. It was a lot cheap for them to get it done in Sri Lanka because it's very costly, you know, composing music in the UK, I think a lot of money. Right. They would pay me a lump sum and get the track over. So we did lots of uh, stuff in the studio, including the albums with the experiments, which sold very well and we sold to record labels kind of thing, many tours and all that. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't need to move away from the band at that time. Right. And then uh, while I was with the experiments, uh, I started, uh, I got into sort of um, uh, jazz, so to speak, jazz and like, you know, more, more, I would say corporate music. Right. Initially with a, with a top pianist, Soundry David, who is like a classic, you know, she's a master <laughs> uh, pianist, Soundry, myself and Christopher Prince. We started playing at the cinema grand lobby. That was more um, popular old popular music and classical or semi-classical music. Right. Right. It was very interesting because I had to learn all these new songs which I had never played before. And uh, then uh, once Soundri had to stop playing because she got really busy with her career, then um, we got uh, Revel Craig, who is a top jazz musician in Sri Lanka. He's, a, he's an amazing guitarist. He joined the trio and through him I... <laughs> 
I started playing because of him. I started playing lots of uh, jazz tunes and stuff like that, and right. then got into that genre. And then that caught on, and we became quite popular. We were very tight. We still play to this day. We play weekly, the three of us. Right. Uh, and uh, so from there onwards, I found that you know, I was taking a lot of um, effort to get back into playing commercial music, so to speak. You know, playing the pop music mm. night after night. Uh, became a bit of a bore in that sense. So I moved on to doing this freelancing thing, which is like playing with different ensembles, different genres, and uh, it's worked out very well because I I play with about six different lineups, and then I produce uh, music for shows. I direct music, that kind of thing. So it's it's been a, like a real roller coaster since I left the band and got into my doing my own thing. So uh, I know you briefly played for Gypsies as well, right? Yes, actually. Um, see, when the bassist was the Gypsies were leaving, Sunil asked me to join them, uh, which I was very happy to do because, see, for me, it has to be either something. It has to be something creative always, right? Even if I'm going to play a pop song, I need to create something and make it something special. So Gypsies always play original music, right? You know, I love the band, so. I was actually going to join them, but then the bass player wanted to come back, and then uh, I had to either make a call and you know say no, uh, sorry, I'm going to continue with them or get let him get back. So I let him get back. Honestly, that's what happened, and which was a good choice on my part because uh, due to that I started going solo and sort of you know doing my own thing. and that right. picked up like nothing and i'm i'm in control of what i do now i can pick the gigs i can pick the musicians and uh, so i can do a variety of things with the team mm. of musicians without being stuck with the particular ensemble right i now so, play with a, sorry i also now i play with a with a regular outfit that's known as on route it's quite a you can look them up on the internet very popular in sri lanka now uh So they are a lineup that I play with regularly too, but all within uh, within that circle of you know good musicians that I do all this work. Right. So Shobi, yeah. when did you pick up the upright bass? I picked up the. Uh, I actually uh, bought an electric upright bass. Um, if I may just turn the camera slightly, you could see the white thing there. Can you see something white? There yeah, you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ah, that's the electric up, right? I bought it in New York when my when I was on tour. Simply because I wanted to move away from the traditional electric bass and you know do something challenging, right? Right. And then I that was in uh, I would say about uh, yeah ten uh, years ago, eight years ago probably twenty right. yeah. Eight years ago, and then of course I bought a full full-on acoustic bass about uh, three years ago. Now I've got two of them, and I love playing the acoustic bass because that's such a such an amazing <laughs> instrument. You can do so much with it. You can tap on it. You can play percussion. You can play with the bow. So I, I, I'm doing all that. Right. It's, no, you it's, you <laughs> you got an open palette of uh, things you can do with it. Really, really interesting. Right. So, uh, just a question. So, 
uh, upright bass. I, I know also like there's a word like cello, viola and double bass. What's the difference? Is it, is it the same? So basically, basically the upright, the acoustic upright. Yeah, there, there you go. That one, the brown one. There. You can brown. see it, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so that's like six and a half feet tall. Uh, so basically, that's the biggest in string instrument in the world, the acoustic upright string right. instrument. It's, it's like a huge cello, basically. And it's actually called the double bass because initially in um, classical music, there was no double bass. It was the cello was the lowest instrument, right? Right. And then they, they used to get the, once the double bass came into the um, uh, jazz music, the classical musicians adopted it to double the cello line one octave lower. So you get more depth. So actually right. they the cello uh, score of the cello to the double basses and he would play it one octave lower. So that's why it's called the double bass. You double up on the cello. Right. <laughs> so that's how the word double bass came. It's actually called the acoustic couplet, but most people call it the double bass. So that's how uh, it came into music. But once you start playing a double bass or an acoustic upright, I mean, you don't want to even, I, I play my electric bass very much, but uh, you know, it's so much fun. But I mean, even the aesthetics of looking at it now, you're playing that, it, it looks so classy, right? <laughs> yeah, my God. Yes, and people are actually intrigued because they are uh, fascinated by the way it's played. And right. I don't actually play it in a conventional manner. I, I tap on it, I pluck it, I, I make it, uh, you know, I make it, I, I really beat it up quite a bit <laughs> as I do with my electric bass. Right. You, gotta, you gotta really, you gotta really play the instrument. So, yeah. lovely. <laughs> Maybe so you can catch up sometime when you drop when you drop into Sri Lanka. We'll catch up and have. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. Would love to. So, Shobi, the so you said the so you you toured, uh, you played abroad also, right? Was it with Sohan experiments or by yourself? Uh, not on contract. I have done many tours with the experiments. Like, right. Well, to most countries like Europe and states and Australia and all this Canada and all these places and Middle East. Uh, Malaysia, Singapore, places, uh, but not on a contract or just tours like private gigs where we can play like um, two or three shows in one tour. But one particular tour in Australia, we did eight shows back to back. That was a big one. Um, yeah, but I've been basically based in Sri Lanka. Right. So uh, your studios or the I think it's called Sonexo, right? The studio? No, that was uh, with Sohan. Ah, that's uh, with Sohan. Yeah, Sohan's um, brand name or company name is Sonexo. So the experiments and the studio always under that. But now for the past uh, almost three years, I've been on my own. Basically, I have a home studio where I can produce everything. Right. Pre-production uh, pre, pre and post-production can be done at home. So if right. I need to use a proper studio to do a voicing or recording something, I can rent enough of places that are available now in Colombo. It's, it's, you know, more practical and uh, hassle-free. Right. So that way I don't bring my work home. Yes. <laughs> Plus so, I, got the, I got the advantage of, you know, waking up at two o'clock in the morning and, you know, recording something because my, my studio is right next to my bedroom. So right. <laughs> uh, that's there. So I got the best of both worlds now. 
<laughs> so uh who else did you recorded uh, anybody else who record you recorded artists oh uh, my gosh i rec- yeah actually i used to not do recordings of artists except the experiment my principle i was i was into producing commercials right. i told you working with all the ad agencies but known people and interesting projects i would undertake so i have recorded uh, i i have produced songs for lots of local artists and i have recorded albums for stigmata and uh, the soul sounds famous uh, choir here yeah. they did a christmas album which was very nice that was quite challenging too but uh, that's something i undertook as well and i have recorded like i produced composed and produced songs for different artists on and off as um, time permitted and sometimes you know, friends would come from overseas and they would want to record a couple of songs then i would um, produce the music tracks for them and record it and mix it and that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, and i have done like i've done over a thousand backing tracks for artists to perform right yeah. i do that for event companies producing tracks for for performances for dancers and singers and that kind of thing Mm. So that's been quite uh, hectic here. Yeah. So you you never thought of like putting out like your own album? Sadly no. <laughs> Sadly no because see I the problem with me is I I am evolving all the time. I can't just settle down with something I composed. I want to always you know make keep it, making it better and better and better so i never got down to it but i got like so many melodies in the back of my head and you know right. i'm on record as well uh so unless there's a deadline and there's you know something that has to be done in a given space of time <laughs> i end up not doing it <laughs> so um so i suppose i need limits to you know actually nail something down right but that being said within a given time frame i would make sure that whatever i'm doing is up to the mark right for example right now we were given less than a weeks notice to start this new contract at the shangrila colombo but within within 5 days we managed to put together a repertoire for 50 songs with three rehearsals managed to nail them down and even this morning i was rehearsing with uh, the keyboard players or sorting out the rhythm sections and you know changing things around so that effort has to be there you know to achieve perfection in what you do irrelevant of how much time you have or how much time you don't have doesn't really matter you got to just make it happen and make it happen properly so that's been i think that's been the cornerstone of my success mm. if there's anything to be said yeah attention to detail and you know that kind of thing Yeah. So uh I I think you remember this one, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I got it in my cupboard. Yeah, my... I also have the the this one the single yeah. they released. Yes. So uh I mean my understanding is those days so I think Stigmata didn't have any other place to go to record this album, right? Because nobody yeah. else was really <laughs> willing to to do it. Yes. Actually I because actually uh, initially when this uh before stigmata there was another band that recorded original english music and really good stuff that's right. um that was a band called independent square 
Yeah, Anil. Anil is bad. Anil is bad. And they did, uh, I think, I don't know how many albums, but they did some super songs. Uh, a different genre, I don't know what it was. I think it was like um, alternate. Uh, alternative rock, yeah. Alternate, yes, alternative rock. Uh, so they were actually very, very prominent in sort of changing the scenario where Western music is concerned too. And then Stigmata came out with this totally different sound. Uh, and when they first came to meet me, they came through recommendations through Anil and uh, a few people I knew. So once I met them and I could see the passion they had for what they were doing and how much they believed in what they were doing. So I believe to give it a shot. And I mean, uh, you can ask Suresh and uh, <laughs> Andrew and Tenny. They recorded the first nine songs, right? They were doing, I think, a 10 or 11 song album. By the time they came to the 10th song, they had improved so much. They redid the rest yeah. of the initially. And, and the first album became such a big hit, with the, especially with the young crowd that was, you know, getting into this kind of music. Every band would play Andhra. Yes. They would try to, you know, and they all started, you know, imitating Stigmata and trying to do that kind of thing. But then from there onwards, you know, they Stigmata went to a different league altogether. You know, they got so advanced in their playing and their writing and their, uh, you know, effort to bring this to this platform that it is in now. Mm. And I think they are like an international brand. Though it's a limited uh, audience in Sri Lanka, I think. It's a huge, huge uh, brand name overall in Sri Lanka. And I'm proud to be in a part of their journey and yeah. proud to be their friends too. Um, be their friend. Yeah. Great bunch of guys. <laughs> yeah. So, so show me. Uh, so you're, uh, you're part of this uh, Sri Gita Jam uh, collaboration that Tenny started. So... Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about how you how you got into this uh, collaboration and uh, how did you recorded your stuff? Yeah, actually, um, while this pandemic was going on, thankfully having a home studio, I managed to do a lot of work online, including uh, quite a big um, commercial project for an advertising agency, which thankfully brought in a bit of revenue during that time when there was nothing happening. So I had work that I did from home. And then I did a couple of recordings for uh, different artists playing bass from home and then exporting the wave files and they would mix it in some place and you know, produce so many songs like that. And when, when Tenny called me, and without any hesitation, I said, yes, because I know that if they were to do something, it would be something big and something good. Right. Because I, I know how they think. They're thinking big because they've gone from, you know, that initial uh, love for music, they've gone into in like a big, big kind of brand name. So, and they right. know what they're doing. So I didn't have any, any sort of hesitation in agreeing to that. And then Tenny sent me actually um, a couple of guitar tracks that had been done by different people. And then I selected a couple of them and I said, I would like to play acoustic bass for this. I would like to play electric bass for this and that kind of thing. So then he compiled, the tracks accordingly so that I could play acoustic bass then move on to the electric bass that kind of thing so I played on two of the uh, items I think part one and part four yeah of this uh, 
whole series of things happening. Right. And later on, he, he went on to explain the deep thoughts behind this whole project, which is, I think, like mammoth. It's huge, you know. <laughs> it's like so creative. Yes. He wrote a book about it before releasing, <laughs> before releasing, the, uh, releasing the music. It's, it's nice, I think. It's really creative and great that people would, you know, want to do something constructive and positive instead of just moping about not having... Uh, things to do and being stuck at home and that kind of thing. So it was a positive thing from the word go. Mm. So once I got the um, guitar tracks that I wanted to play too, I played the acoustic bass, I played electric bass and uh, Penny liked it. And then from there onwards, he went on to add the drums and that kind of thing. And it was just basically no stepping back. One thing I hate doing is backtracking so right. in anything. So from the time I start, I need to be clear about where we are going and progress when an inch at a time. But I hate, you know, going back to the initial thing again. So I, that's something I made very clear to Kenny and everybody I worked with. And it's been very progressive. And uh, so there it is. Right. And it's almost out. Yeah, got to give me a second. I need to plug the charger on the laptop. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. So, um, so the so the Sri Guitar Jam actually has like I think uh, last time I checked it was like fifty plus guitarists and bassists uh, all these musicians right <laughs> yes yes I great that you know everybody's involved in this and you know yeah uh, you could a great thing is that you know you could work with people you know without you know having any contact with them in person <laughs> that you could you know make this music uh, beautiful music together it's it's uh, amazing isn't it. Yeah, uh, one of the good things about I think social media and the internet and that kind of thing, you know, amongst all the negative things, you could do, you know, such beautiful collaborations right. and come up with such beautiful creations. Yeah, I think I think the pandemic anyway, like kind of expedite all this, right? Because because of the yes. pandemic, that's why people really got into using, you know, all this technology, right? Yeah, in a, in a positive manner. And actually, it, in a way, it brought people closer together. <laughs> you know, though you're locked up in your own house, it brought a lot of people closer to you would communicate with people and, you know, do projects across the world like this, you know. Yes. I think some guy some, somewhere overseas is going to mix the thing. Then you are speaking to me from some other place, you know what I mean? All because yeah. of this lockdown. <laughs> actually, you know? actually, Shobi, I started this podcast because of the... Sh- the lockdown because uh, really wow. yes, I used to go oh. to I, 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 I'm a person like I go to a lot of concerts and gigs so I go like 10 plus concerts a month so suddenly wow. every, everything is cancelled nothing yeah. there's nothing else to do so I thought why not just start, start talking to you know friends who the bands you know friends and uh, musicians so that's how it started so I just completed 50 episodes of the podcast actually last just last week Wow, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic, super, and, and it's a service too because you are bringing you know all these people 
yeah. uh, to the world, kind of, and you know, sharing their message and uh, that kind of. It's a service plus a passion. I mean, yeah. I think everything should be like that. Everything should be passion, passion and service. Right. If you, that's what I believe. And if it's music, if you do it as a service to make people happy, to bring in revenue for the hotel or the whatever, and then of course you're going to make a living out of it. But if you don't have that service-oriented uh, mindset and a passion for it, you need to find a different job. Mm. So which is which is why I'm grateful that I'm doing music. I, I don't think I would have been good at any other job other than <laughs> doing music, you know, or music-related things. I'm an artist too, by the way. I, I I paint quite a bit. Maybe I can send you some paintings later on to add on to whatever. Right. Uh, so um, maybe I would have been an artist and you know making a very little, very small living. But <laughs> if not a musician, that's the only thing I can imagine myself being. Yeah, but this uh, the music like typically now the launch type music like you know. There's a lot of new, they do a lot of remakes of like, you know, popular songs. They make it yes. acoustic, they make it, you know, oh, jazzy, yes. right? That's a very, very big trend now, right? There's a lot yeah. of... Basically, that's the kind of thing I'm doing with most of my lineups now. I mean, basically, I would play uh, maybe a classic rock song or an old jazz standard or maybe even a Michael Jackson song with a, a string quartet, like a classical kind of band in right. that manner. Or with the jazz band, you know, with the swing and that kind of thing. So it's always creative. So that's the reason I enjoy this music so much. Yeah. And even for the audience, they would hear a song they know already, but it's presented in a different dish and they love it. As against, you know, playing cover versions of songs as they are. Yeah. So that's the reason you know, I like bands that do original music or, you know, at least change the music around and that kind of thing. So... As long as it keeps you on your toes, I think uh, you can progress. Right. So, so Shobi, what are you working on like these days, uh, like, like currently? Basically, I'm working on getting some sleep every night. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the past week I've been sleeping like three and a half hours uh, a day. And then in the afternoon, I try to catch a bit of sleep maybe for an hour or so. That's right. <laughs> I've been so busy with my rehearsal schedule and uh, playing every night. I'm involved in about the three or four shows uh, concurrently mm. in addition to the contract. So I'm rehearsing with those different uh, ensembles on different days. So I've got files for all of them. So it's like so many things happening at the same time, which is fine by me. I'm, the only thing I'm uh, short of is time to find time to relax and that kind of thing. So I think I had a six month break for which I'm paying dearly now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've taken a good vacation now to work extra hard overtime to pay for it kind of, you know. Right, right. It's all good, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. So Shobi, uh, any message to the people who will watch this video? The message would be, I mean, um, just enjoy what you do, first of all. And... Um, don't step on anybody's toes. Right. Help somebody along the way. Those are things I've done, not because anybody told me to do it, but because I think it's part of uh, your journey in life, in music, in whatever. For example, I have played with musicians who are who are struggling sometimes in the band, and I would I would always think in a part of my 
you know, talent or whatever it is, a capability should be also to help somebody along the way. Right. Instead of saying, no, I don't want to play with you, I want to play the best. But now that I can pick and choose musicians, obviously, just to do justice by the clients, I will pick the best available. Right. But that being said, if somebody is not up to the mark as the rest of them, I would, you know, try to help them along and make them feel comfortable, that kind of thing. So those are simple things that you can do even in a regular band. If one member is lagging behind, try to encourage him and, you know, um, sort of help him along instead of, you know, cornering him, that kind of thing. So uh, that's, I think, the simplest formula for um, being happy and, you know, being content. And also, um, Number one is working with people, with good people who have good hearts and good mindset. If that is not there, you can't work on a long term. You're going to come to a clash at some point. Mm. So I've been lucky that I work with good people and I still do. And if people are difficult and I feel, you know, it's going to be an issue, why worry? Just stay away. Right. <laughs> Things like that. No magic, no nothing. And, you know, I mean, one of, the, one of my uh, good... Um, Inspirations would be Hussein Jeffrey, our own Sri Lankan master. And he's such a humble guy. Yeah. You know, he's so giving and he's so simple and humble. It's amazing, you know. It shows how big the world is, you know. The world is so big, so you must not, uh, <laughs> you must take your work seriously. Right. You must not take yourself too seriously and let other people take you seriously. That's my theory, you know. Right. Not think too much of yourself. That has worked for me beautifully, I think. And also, I, I believe that in anything, you get the calls, especially as musicians, you get the calls. When you start making the rest of the band sound good, mm. you can be the best. You can, you know, shine when you play your soul and, you know, some flashy and all that. But if you don't make the rest of the band sound good, you're not giving them anything. But right. if they feel, hey, if we get this guy on board, you know, they're going to sound good. They're going to call you. Simple <laughs> formula. <laughs> Get the calls in, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's my formula. But main thing is to keep things simple and not to hurt people along the way. You know, mm. if possible, help somebody, but not step on anybody's toes. I've never done that. Right. Actually, I have given up. Uh, I can be very honest with you. I, 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 I gave up playing with the experiments uh, two months prior to my agreed date because I want to accommodate the new bass player who didn't have work at the time. Okay. I didn't join the gypsies because I didn't want to hurt the bass player who wanted to come back. But they ended up getting a new bass player anyway. Right. And those have all worked in my favor. See, if you do good, you get uh, good returns. That's what I believe. Yeah. So things like that and simple things. So, you know, and they're all still friends, you know, no issues, all that. Uh, but I have always been a person who would rather serve the music than to be the one to shine. But obviously, people would notice if you're doing something good and they would come up to me. Actually, now, uh, I played at the Shangri-La the past three nights, three or four nights. And two nights, people came up to me and asked me about my upright bass, my, my play, bass playing style. And... One guy actually was very interested in my uh, uh, my uh, electric bass, which is like a. Uh, I'll just show it to you. This is this is my favorite weapon of choice. I was talking about. Yeah. There you go. It's a headless 
bass, which is very like a six thousand dollar guitar. It's a very expensive guitar, and he wanted to actually take photographs and look it up in the internet. And so it's very interesting that people take an interest in what you are doing. You know, we are best to be musicians. There's no job like that. <laughs> so satisfying and so so rewarding. Yeah. Like, like you are obviously enjoying what you are doing there. No, that's no, no yeah. comparison to what you are doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Shobi, anybody you want to shout out to? Shout out to yeah, my family for sure because they've been very understanding about my you know sleeping till late when possible and you know late nights and not being at home because I've been on tour quite a bit, sometimes one and a half months at a stretch. Hmm. Doing gig after gig, and then um, I'm not there for most of the family functions. That kind of is a family. I think is what grounds you. Family is very important. If you are family, you got to keep that solid. If you mess that up, you're messed up, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just your feelings. Be happy, you know, and die happy. That's a different story. But your family comes first, I believe. And you can do both. I know Hussein is a good example. He's been a very family guy, and he's doing great. He's playing great things, and he's such a humble. You know, he's a Sri Lankan at heart. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, something alien just because you have some success. You know, you are doing something flashy. You don't have to be flashy. Right. Both can be flashy. I believe in those simple things, and I think. Um, That makes you a better musician too, because you have a clear head. You have nothing going on there. You can just concentrate on your playing, on your notes, on your improvisations, whatever. And um, if if everything is done towards making somebody else um, achieve something, for example, when Tony called me on this uh, project, I did my part, and after that, I've been in touch with him regarding, you know. any any feedback he wants from me i want this to be the best it can be right even if i'm not playing on that particular piece i am playing on two of the four pieces but even the other pieces should be you know up to the mark and really good simple as that so as you know it's not about just what i do or my thing or that kind of thing so that's a simple formula i think that you know you can adapt in any line of work not just music the music is just a blessing that you know Yeah, I mean, uh, it's 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 really nice to listen to something like that, Chobi, because you know uh, sometimes this this type of uh, thinking is what's lacking with our Sri Lankan uh, you know friends because it's a uh, it's a mindset change that you need to like you know you don't need to screw anybody to get exactly you know, right you can do it and then you don't need to be. uh there's no competition with anybody else it's it's you you do your your thing and you try to help uh and exactly yeah. the be, be the you the only competition you should have is yourself right you are going to compete with what you yesterday and that be better than that that's what i've been doing i mean i could have played electric bass for the rest of my life but then i want to move on to something different now i'm playing the bow and that kind of thing i'm thinking of taking up the cello and you know getting into classical music at some point because you know If you don't keep evolving, hmm. you're going to get bored, and the other things you are going to at some point, you know, be stagnant. Yeah. And then you know you can also, in that sense, you can set an example to the uh, 
younger people or new generation that's coming after you, where they are going to be very good too. So there's no way are going to want to keep them down or keep them away. They are going to progress too, but you have to make sure that you have your spot there because you're going to keep evolving and you're getting into something bigger yeah. every time. So, I mean, I could always go back into my recording if I need to, but at the moment, actually until, until, until this uh, pandemic happened, I used to not even put my studio gear on. I was playing every night. Mm. Like, you know, I would not even put my stuff on for months sometimes. But then when this happened, I got back into recording. I started, you know, these projects and all this stuff. I took on work. And then I got my studio, you know, sort of livened up again. Mm. And uh, that happened. Uh, the I started painting again too. Yeah, finally, uh, just to share something with you. Have you got time? Are you okay for time? Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. I have time. <laughs> you know, funny thing, it's about, um, um, I, I'm speaking a lot about Hussein because he has inspired me in so many ways, right? Right. Uh, as a person mainly. And also now, <laughs> you know something, he took up painting during this lockdown, Hussein, Jeffrey, right? And then I shared some paintings with him and I told him that I had not painted at that time. When this thing happened, I had not painted for at least six years. I had not touched my brushes. Or, yeah. And he said, you should start painting again, you know, do something. So he got me to start painting again. Yeah. Uh, amongst, you know, inspiring me as a basis. Uh, he inspired me as an artist. Could you believe that? I mean, it's so beautiful, isn't it? And he shares his paintings with me. I share my paintings with him. Then, you know, so uh, it's not just music that you can share with people. You can find other ground, interesting ground to share with people if you have a good vibe with them. So yes. thanks to Hussein, um, uh, I'm painting again. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so that's how life is. Yeah, actually, I have I I have actually reached out to Hussein also uh, because I wanted to talk to him. I I already talked to Chitral Somapal a few okay, episodes yes. back. Uh, now I'm actually I, I reach out to Hussein also so hopefully I can uh, I can talk to him soon. <laughs> yeah, it's a lovely lovely person. Yes, I think he's the only Sri Lankan I think uh, uh, who have a Grammy, right? No, actually he corrected that. Apparently yeah. there's a there's a guy from Jaffra right. who who was working as a recording engineer or sound engineer and he has won a Grammy for a recording he done. Uh, on, on the on the recording side, right? Yes, yeah. So he he actually corrected that. He said that there's another Sri Lankan who has a Grammy, and he mentioned the name I forget. But I know it's a boy from Jaffna, a guy from Jaffna. Right. So who said probably the second Sri Lankan to have a Grammy? I mean that's fantastic, isn't it? And he's playing with all the big names like Dave Vickle and mm. uh, you know Yani and all these people. So. <laughs> But still, you know, it's very Sri Lankan at heart. So see how simple you can be <laughs> if you want yeah. to. <laughs> so, so yeah. Shobhi, this is this. Uh, it, it's really great that I was able to talk to you. This is really, uh, I mean, I'm kind of getting like, uh, I feel like I'm getting good advice from you. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm just speaking my mind. That's all I do. I, speak, like, I know, oh, I know you're speaking from your heart because uh, it feels very authentic the way you genuine what you're saying. Uh, so I wish you all the best with all the, all your performance and recordings. And then uh, uh, hopefully we can talk again some, sometime soon. Uh, 
slowly yes. so god willing uh, let's do that and i will now that i have you on contact like this i will share stuff with you to like uh, recordings paintings whatever just you know keep in touch yes <laughs> no it's nice to be in touch with people who have common interests it's lovely yeah Very so nice. so have a great day shobhi thank you you too and thanks for the time channa thanks for making time for me and uh, for having me on your show all the best with your show and uh, i'll be a ardent follower <laughs> Looking forward to meeting you in Sri Lanka sometime when you come by. Okay, take yes. care. Thank you. Yes, buddy. Yes.